your mind starts sending you what I call false narratives. It starts telling you things like you're not good enough, you're alone, you need to start cutting yourself, or you need to take your own life. Those are lies in your mind because your mind is simply trying to respond emotionally to what has happened. So what you and I have to do is we have to stop that thought, we have to take it captive, and we have to say, okay, what is the truth in what I'm being told? Hello and welcome. I'm Lori Hardy. Thanks for listening in as we continue to talk with leaders in our community and beyond. Mickey Bell is a comedian, encourager, and the author of the book, Reverse the Course of Depression, the self-help guide to uncovering the real causes of depression and living daily with a sound mind, a step-by-step guide in handling the emotions that come with the disease. He is a full-time comedian who travels the world using the gift of laughter to help battle the mental illness epidemic. Welcome to the show, Mickey Bell. So great to have you. Laurie, thank you so much. I am just honored that you've allowed me to come and be a part of your program. Well, I'm very excited about your book, especially with all that we're going through as a nation. Reverse the Course of Depression, the self-help guide to uncovering the real causes of depression and living daily with a sound mind. You are a comedian. (laughs) Yes. When I started studying some of the great comics, I found out that the better ones were really screwed up. And I thought, I have got a shot at this because (laughs) I am so messed up that I'm bound and determined to be successful in this. So, yeah, just kind of taking some of my pain and turning it into laughter and just trying to help as many people along the way as I can. What started you on this journey? Was Were you a comedian first? And then you start to see the depression or? Well, just to be totally honest with you, like I was going to come on here and lie. But but when I first started as a child, I can remember going into school and the different places and using humor to kind of cover up my insecurities. So I would walk into a room and I would try to make people laugh in an effort to try to get the power of the room. In other words, take the power away from them so no one could really hurt me. And so pretty much today, I'm doing the exact same thing. I'm just getting paid to do it now. Humor and laughter has always been a part of my life, but I wasn't necessarily a comedian traveling until after I had a very serious bout with depression that almost took my life. And it was in that moment that my life started transforming and I had to make some different decisions. Then all of a sudden I found myself on the road. I found myself standing in front of crowds and here we are. This is just kind of what I'm doing now. It's amazing how important our story is, even if it feels bad. I work with a lot of people in recovery and they're like, well, I don't want to tell people that I'm a felon because I'm a good person. But when I was on drugs, the power of our story is so important. And I don't know, do you want to go into your story? Absolutely. Because if my story can help somebody else, then that's the benefit of it. I started out just growing up doing my own thing. As far as my story goes, there was just a time in my life when I just started My emotions started going out of control, started forcing me to make decisions that I normally wouldn't make that hurt my family, uh, that hurt me as an individual. 
And I ended up falling into one of the deepest, darkest depressions I had ever been in. I went home, buried my head in my pillow and began begging God to take my life. And then I would wake up the next day and be mad at him because he didn't answer my prayer. When I started dealing with that and I built up an anxiety to where I couldn't go out in public, then my family said, you're going to have to get some help. We're going to have to make some changes. So I ended up visiting a psychologist who got me in touch with a physician. I ended up meeting with them every week for an entire year. That was just so I could get out of the bed and get out of the house. Fast forward, I am now telling my story to help as many other people as I can possible. And it just so happens that I'm standing on the comedy stage to do it. We get up there, we laugh, we tear down walls. And then I share with them what I've been through and what I'm dealing with. And they're kind of shocked by it, but we've already dropped the veil. We've already dropped the wall that's blocking. So it allows me to be able to offer them some encouragement to help them in their walk. And what kind of encouragement do you give from the stage? Pretty much just the fact that if I'm messed up and I can get up here and stand in front of you guys and laugh about some of the things that I've done, then I just want to encourage the people to let them know that if I've got a second chance in life of doing this, then they get the same chance as well. And that they should take every opportunity, even if it means that they have to take a career change like I had to take, then they by all means need to take a hold of whatever opportunity presents itself to them and they need to get after it. I've often said to people when they say, well, I can't afford counseling, like they don't want to take the time off work or Maybe they don't have the insurance. I always say you can't afford not to mm-hmm. because exactly. it's life changing. What are some signs? What can you tell people to be looking for if they're like, well, maybe I am depressed? Well, first of all, let's define what depression is. And I'm not going to get into the big words that I don't know how to say or spell, but I just kind of define it this way. Depression is simply your mind trying to respond to a tragedy that has happened in your life. That, that's what it is. So that should free somebody today that's listening to us because number one, you're not sick, you're not weak, you're, you're not a bad person. Your mind is simply trying to respond to a tragic moment that has happened in your life. And so what it does, your mind starts sending you what I call false narratives it starts telling you things like you're not good enough, you're alone, you need to start cutting yourself, or you need to take your own life. Those are lies that your mind, because your mind is simply trying to respond emotionally to what has happened. So what you and I have to do is we have to stop that thought, we have to take it captive, and we have to say, okay, what is the truth in what I'm being told? Well, the truth is I am worth it. The truth is, I do have a reason to live. The truth is, I don't need to harm myself. So we have to find each thought, and then we have to turn it and figure out what the truth is. Once we find the truth in it, we then can start living a life of joy, even though we deal with depression. And so we have to kind of identify what depression is. Now we can level it all down, that it comes down to a mere thought. So now I've got to figure out what to do with the thoughts that are coming to my mind. I love that. Taking the thoughts captive because that's the work I do. I help people as they tell themselves a story. It's like, is that the truth? 
You know, exactly. people say, well, I can't do that or I'm dumb. It's like, is that the truth? Because it's not. What I'm wondering is, I know that you use comedy and you kind of break down the walls and then you kind of punch at the end and give a, a big message or how do you do that? I describe it this way. I'm not going to take a King James Version Bible and beat you over the head with it. <laughs> I just simply, we do the laughter and then just right in maybe toward the middle of the show, just right when I have them, I'll just say, oh, by the way, I don't know if you know how screwed up I am, but this is what I've had to fight through just to get here tonight. This is what I've had to go through just to stand before you tonight. And so just in case I forget it or just in case I offend you and you get them walk out, I just want you to understand that we all have things we go through and we all have tragic moments that we've had to fight through. And I'm still fighting through mine. And if I can do it, then I want to encourage you to fight through yours as well. What that seems to do is that seems to open up a line of communication that may come after my show. That may come from an email or a social media message where they reach out and say, look, I would have never imagined you going through what you have been through, but you caused me to be able to feel like I can accomplish some things in my life. And then it allows me to do some one-on-one -on -one encouragement and just kind of guide them into getting the help they need to get. The compliments of I've never laughed that hard in a while, or I've not had a reason in over a year to laugh, but you helped me laugh. Now, all of a sudden, that just that's open ground to just plant some seed. That is just open ground to be able to encourage people to say, all right, look, see, you said you would never laugh again, and here you did. So now let's take this a step further, and let's see if we can't make this happen more often in your life. You don't have to have me there telling jokes to make it happen, but if me coming along in this point in your life is nothing more than just to be able to encourage you to live life again. I think people, when they're depressed, they don't want to laugh. They'll go look for a sad movie rather than a comedian. Laughing can change your life. Absolutely. It releases things in your body that helps you emotionally. Just like, for instance, if you deal with a death in your family, there is a healing that takes place when you are crying and mourning and getting that out of your system. That's a part of who we are. Your body has to do that. What in the same sense that it needs to be able to cry and mourn in those instances, there are moments that your body needs to laugh and be jolly and to have a good time because that also helps your body in the healing process. And a lot of times we don't look at it that way. And they'll put up that defense mechanism of I don't want to laugh or I don't feel like laughing. And really, man, Laura, if I could just get down to the bottom of the nitty gritty, a lot of it is they're afraid because they're afraid if they laugh, they're going to have to realize okay, I really can do this. I find that most people, it's not so much that they're afraid of becoming well. A lot of them just don't want to put the work into it. They want to take a pill and it be taken care of, or they want a counselor to just be able to zap them and miraculously walking away from depression. And if they let down their wall to laugh, then they're going to realize, wait a minute, I do have more control over my emotions than I want to pretend that I do. Because once they come to that reality, now all of a sudden they have to face facts in the sense of, oh, I am able to do this. And it really is my fault that I'm not taking charge of my life. Right. Because it's our responsibility. 
even yes. if we were depressed for things, childhood things, which a lot of times those that's the core, maybe things happened to us that weren't our fault, but it is our responsibility to go the next Absolutely. Step. And that happened in my life. When I was 13 years old, my mom and dad sat me down and explained to me that I was adopted at birth. They said that when my dad found out that my mom was not going to go through the abortion, he took off. I don't know his name. I don't know what he looks like. I mean, <laughs> I have a pretty good idea. He was good looking, um, but <laughs> I don't really know. But the thing is, I had to deal with those emotions. And so what I was doing in my 40s was I was dealing with emotions that were put on me by a man that I never met. But in my 40s, I'm having to take responsibility for myself. He no longer has that power over me. He can no longer put that on me. It's my choice if I continue to allow it to control my thoughts and my emotions. Shame on him for putting it on me in the first place, but shame on me if I continue to live today allowing that to have power over me. I do a lot of work with adults who survived sexual abuse as a child. There's so much freedom in telling the story, but it's so scary. It's so easy when you've had something like, I love how you say, put it on me, and you don't do the work. You don't get to live this awesome life. Exactly. I love how you bring laughter to that. Have you heard of Dr. Caroline Leaf? Yes. Yes. Do you love her? Oh, I've seen several of her books. Her th big thing is your mind can change your brain. So yes. when you said take the thought captive, so our brain looks for, if our mind says I trip all the time, our brain looks for things to trip on because it wants to exactly. make us happy. So when you were saying that, it made me think of when I went to one of her workshops, one, this one guy got up and he was a doctor and he said, laughter is so good for you. And he just kind of chuckled, you know, and then he, he said something else and he laughed a little harder. And then each time he'd laugh a little hard until we were all I mean, we're all in stitches. We're all laughing so hard and nothing has been said. It's contagious. Yes. That's just the beauty of it. That's the beauty of what laughter can do. Not only can it help you, but it allows you to help other people because it is contagious. And so what I'm trying to get people to understand, now they don't come to my show knowing that I'm going to talk about depression. They don't come to my show expecting to hear, you know, what I have gone through. But they come to my show expecting a comedy show, and that's what they get. And then after they've been laughing, it's like, now, don't that feel better? And then they realize, you know, I really do feel better. This really does help me. So then I tell them, well, then we've got to figure out how to have more days like this than we do of you feeling down in the dumps. And just as you let yourself go and you allowed yourself the freedom to have fun at the comedy club or the concert or wherever you saw me, that's what you need to do every day. You need to give yourself permission to have fun again. And that means that you're going to have to convince yourself that you deserve it. You're going to have to convince yourself that you're all that. And you're going to have to convince yourself that the things that's coming against you, you have allowed it. I didn't mean that, they, that you put it on yourself, but you did allow it because you have the opportunity to be able to say, if I don't want to be burned by the oven eye, then I'm not going to continue to put my finger on it. So that means now I get to control and I get to remove the power from other people when they think they have the power to control me. I get to remove that power and I get to control it myself. Laughter is just one of those mechanisms that allows you to be able to open up a whole world of happiness and joy that maybe you've not afforded to yourself in a long time.
you know, we've had such a tough couple of years or year and a half, Ooh. whatever you want to call it. I know that the suicide rate is up. There are some people who have really benefited through COVID. They haven't lost their job or lost any family mm. members. But talk about that. One of the things we have to understand, and Laurie, what I want to say here is that I don't want to get political. I, this is not from a political stance at all, but I just need to bring this out so you understand what I'm talking about. When you're talking about a person that's going through depression or getting help or trying to find that, we need structure. We don't need things to take us by surprise. We need structure. We need to be able to go through our day knowing what to expect. When you add to that COVID and you add to that mask or shutdowns or vaccinations, now all of a sudden, no matter how you stand politically or what your viewpoint is, I'm just talking from the standpoint of a person that is fighting for their own life as it is. That puts more pressure because now we've got more to be concerned about. We've got to be concerned about, okay, because the one thing that we're trying to do when we're dealing with depression is we're trying to take control of our life. Now we've got other people telling us this side is saying do this and this side saying, no, do it this way. This side says, well, you got to live it this way. And this other side saying, you don't care about us if you don't do it this way. We've got so much being thrown at us. We don't know who to believe. We don't know which side to join. We're being bullied. Can I just say that? We're being Please, bullied yes. on both sides. Now we just feel so frustrated that what we do is we do what we've been doing all of our life. And that is we just throw up our hands and quit. Because we can't please everybody. If we make one decision, we're going to offend one side. If we make the other decision, we're going to offend the other side. And we're getting heat from both sides. And what people don't understand is that we really don't have a right to have an opinion simply because we don't know what the truth is. We've got so many people telling us so many different things. We don't know what to believe. And so you take a person with mental illness, we're taking medication. We're seeking psychologists. We're uh, we're talking to people. We're meeting in groups. We're doing whatever we have to do just to make it through our life, much less with all this other that's being thrown at us. And I don't think people are really taking seriously how those with mental illness, those with PTSD, we don't really take into consideration how this is affecting those that are literally trying to fight for their life each day. And it's becoming very scary because we're allowing media and political stance and bullying to really take the people's lives that we really care about. We often talk to the person who's depressed because we want to encourage them. I love what you're saying. So what would you say to a family? Say they know they have someone in their family that's depressed. Be very careful in you trying to push your agenda your stance, your thought, you're like, well, I'm an American. I have a right to my thinking and my freedom. Absolutely. But nowhere in there does that give you the right to be able to throw that on other people, especially those who are not at a place to where they can handle that. We have to be very careful in how we approach people. When you start telling people they have to do something, and then they hear another side that says you're putting your life in jeopardy, our minds are playing tricks on us. We're already trying to figure out what the truth is in our own lives, much less what the truth is that's being thrown at us from both sides. If you've got a family member that is struggling or you already know that deals with a mental, mental illness or with anxiety, 
handle with care. Whenever you're talking with them about COVID, vaccinations, job shutting down, you've got individuals now who are wondering if they're going to lose their job if they don't get a vaccination. And then you've got those of us who take our pills wondering, okay, what is this vaccination going to do to me uh, when I put it with my other medication? Because we're warned, be careful in what you do with it. And no one can tell us. We've got to handle with care. We've got to do everything out of love. We got to do everything with a soft heart and just know that out of caring for those individuals, they may not be as strong as you are to be able to handle what is being thrown at them. So be very careful in how you approach it. Make sure they understand they do have options and make sure that they understand that what you're telling them is out of care, not that you're just trying to bully them into something. I love that because that's where the fear comes in. If if a family member is really afraid of one thing, then they're trying to, like you said, out of love, convince them to do something. And I always say, I've never had anybody ask me for unsolicited advice. Yeah. <laughs> we don't want yes. it. We don't need it. And it can be very shaming. You said bully. And I feel like people don't even realize that they are bullying their family, whatever side they're on. I would like you to say more about Afghanistan. The thing about this we have to realize is we have men and women who have served our country with bravery and with courage, and we owe them everything to be able to have the freedom to speak about what we're talking about. The one thing that I've learned about our veterans is that when our country goes into war, they may not physically go and fight that war, but in their mind, they're there. And in their minds, they feel every emotion that every soldier feels that is currently enlisted and currently serving. And when you have the things happen and the things that have transpired that we've been told through our media sources, it does something to our veterans because it already makes them feel like that the job they did was not good enough, or they did not accomplish the mission, or they didn't do it well. And we have to make sure that these individuals know that our current representation, and I'm not just talking about our leadership, I'm just talking about what's taking place, the decisions that are being made, the consequences of those decisions. We have to make sure that our veterans know this is not shedding light on what you did. What you did got us this far, and now we just have to worry about the consequences of the decisions that are being made today. But we have to understand this is having an effect on people. And when you go on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and you just start clashing with people and you start bashing people with your political alignment, it's fine that you have an alignment and it's fine that you have a stance. But just understand your words have power and your words are sometimes doing way more damage to the people that you should be concerned about than those that you're throwing your words at trying to hurt. We're hurting so many people in this world simply because we don't know how to keep our mouth shut. I feel like we need a moment of silence after that. <laughs> what I hear from you is not only humor, but such compassion. I feel like we've sort of lost this focus of love. The whole thing is we we want to love well. We want to love our family. We want to love our coworkers. We are in a season in our world 
where we feel like everything has to have a political agenda. If you wear a mask or don't wear a mask, if you get vaccinated or you don't get vaccinated, everything is geared to if you didn't vote the way that I voted, then we are mortal enemies and we can't associate with each other and we have to go each other's throats. And that is certainly not the case. In trying to fight one over the other, instead of just saying, all right, you voted a certain way. Now let's deal with the consequences and let's see where we end up. But we've got to be very, very careful when we allow what is taking place in the White House affect what's taking place in our house. We are allowing all of that to ruin our day. And you're like, well, Mickey, have you seen what's going on? No, because I choose to turn it off. And I choose to say, I can't trust what's being reported. I can't trust what's being sent to me. So why should I take it in until I see exactly what the truth really is? But it's our fault if we've allowed it affect our lives in a negative way, because we have the power to say, I'm not going to allow it to affect me. People automatically assume that if I don't agree with them, that I hate them. It's not out of hatred. I just have a particular set of boundaries that came with my raising, that came from the area that I was raised in, that I've kind of grown up in some of the things that I've gone through. Don't hate me for that. And I'm not going to hate you because we're different. Let's just respect each other and enjoy what time we have remaining on this earth. Your book is called Reverse the Course of Depression. We've got a few minutes left. Can you kind of walk us through it? Absolutely. Reverse the Course of the Depression is simply me listing all the emotions that I went through when I was battling depression. And then what I do in the book is each chapter is an emotion. And I just simply take you by the hand and I take you through that emotion and I help you overcome that emotion in that in the heat of the moment, just like I did when I was going through it. It may not be a book that you read from cover to cover like you would a story or an autobiography, but it is a resource that when you wake up and you're feeling a particular emotion, you can go to that chapter and read that chapter for the moment to help you get through what is causing you to feel down. And my goal is that chapter will encourage you. And then whenever you start battling another emotion, you can go to that chapter and this book can become a resource that helps you learn how you can have depression, but have joy as well. Name a few of the emotions. Well, some of the emotions that I deal with is sometimes I feel like I'm not enough. I feel like I'm late to my destiny. Sometimes I want to cry all day. Sometimes I want to cut myself. Sometimes I want to kill myself. Sometimes I just want to run away. Just those emotions that are just pure, raw emotions that people who deal with depression will say, yeah, those are the things that I feel. Those are the things that I have an issue with. Well, I want to help you with that. And you know what? You may not be able to afford a psychologist once a month. You may not be able to afford therapy twice a week, but maybe this is a resource. Maybe this is the type of resource that when you start figuring out what those trigger moments are in your life and you start figuring out, okay, that just got triggered. What do I need to do? Well, maybe this is a resource that will help you understand not only how to attack it now, but in future times to make you stronger and realize you can't overcome these emotions. 
Earlier, you were talking about kind of walking through the fire. There's sort of this new generation that we've sort of babied. We don't want them to have anything bad to happen in their life. And Mm. so they don't cope. And I think that that really leads to depression. So can you say a little more about what you were saying earlier about like actually walking through the situation? It's very important that you walk through. There is a famous text in the Bible that is quoted a lot by believers and non-believers, and it's that Psalm 23 passage where it talks about the Lord being our shepherd. And he says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, he didn't say, even though I stop and camp out in the valley of the shadow, he says, I walk through. And that's what any individual seems to be in a fight for their life or seems to be at a pivotal moment in their life, you need to understand you were made to walk through, not stop and buy a t-shirt. You were meant to walk through your situation. When you walk through that situation, then that situation has caused you to become a stronger man or a stronger woman that is allowing you to be able to upgrade your life to another level of living. Now, the next mountain that you encounter may be a little bit stronger, but just as you made it through your previous, you're going to make it through this one. Our problem with people who deal with depression is they don't want to walk through. They want to stop, sit down, and they want to just cry over what they may not have or what they're struggling through. You cannot stop. You have to keep living, you have to keep walking, you have to keep fighting because your life and your joy and your happiness is at stake, but it's worth it. What I'm trying to do is give you the tools and the weapons that you need to be able to fight through those emotions so that way you can figure out how to have a joyous life. If you're struggling with depression and you haven't been to the other side, that there is another side. There's a light at the end of the tunnel and no, it's not a train. Yes. And, yeah, walk and, toward the light. <laughs> right. And then also, if you've been through it and you find yourself in it again, you can go, oh, I've done this before. Now I have some tools and I can do it again. What you're bringing is laughter, but you're also bringing hope. Laurie, that is so good because when I learn how to fight my emotion for today, whatever it is, my struggle is for today. When I defeat it, I've just became stronger. Tomorrow, when I defeat that emotion, I just became stronger. Tomorrow night, when I defeat that emotion, I just became stronger. And what people don't realize, because they're in the midst of it right now, take it from us who have been on the other side for just a little while. When you make yourself stronger by defeating each emotion, then when things start coming at you in life, it doesn't hit you as hard because you are a stronger man, you are a stronger woman, and things will start to bounce off of you that used to cripple you. And it's not because you've taken a medication and not because you've had so much hours of therapy and not because you've done this or that. It's simply because you have allowed yourself to become stronger by defeating each emotion as it came against you. That's all we're trying to encourage you to do. We're not trying to get you to become a brand new person. We're not trying to get you to up and move across the world so that you can start a brand new life. We're just simply trying to get you to understand you become stronger by each emotion that you defeat. You're going to look back and realize, hey, I've come a long way. 
Hey, this is not bringing me down. Hey, it's been a week since I've cried. Hey, it's been a month since I've cried. That's because you have started learning how to defeat each emotion. And then when you know that it's about to come on you, you know what those trigger moments are that I mentioned a while ago. When you recognize what they are and you recognize that it's coming on, you know how to better prepare yourself for it and you can defeat it before it ever comes against you. I love that. And I want to be able to help as many people possible. Life is worth living. The life that you're living now may not seem like it's worth it. Well, then let's change it. Let's start making decisions to turn it around. It starts with one emotion at a time and one thought at a time. Stop trying to change a year and change today. One thing you said earlier is you could be depressed about coming late to the game. So many people start late in life and have yes. a fabulous life. And, and I love it that that's kind of your story. Hopefully would be encouraging to anybody that's like, well, now I'm too old. No, you're never too old. You're never too old until you're six feet under. Then we'll talk. <laughs> or not. <laughs> How do people find you, Mickey, and find your book? My website, all of my social media is the Mickey Bell, because somebody else took MickeyBell.com and I don't know who they are. The Mickey Bell website, social media. The book is available on Amazon. Get a copy of it, pay for it, because that really means a lot. But yeah, get the book, let it help you. Reach out to me. I would be glad to respond to anybody that is going through some stuff and see if we can't point you in the right direction. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I want to be back on this program. Make it happen. Yes, we will. I'm ready. Man, you said some really powerful things and I'm really grateful. The power that you have with your airwaves, just allowing people to be able to listen about this topic being discussed. They're not used to that. So you don't know how many people you're helping just by making this a topic on your show. And so I commend you for that and thank you for that because there are people that are gonna hear this that are gonna say, you know what? Finally, somebody's addressing this. Thank you so much. Thank you, bye-bye. I'm Lori Hardy and thanks for listening today. We hope you've learned something new. Join us again next week as we continue to talk with people who are making a difference. Difference.